Rewinding Kaya FM on FM Rewind. Sidebar with Cindy on Kaya FM 95.9. FM 95.9, home of the Afropolitan. The time is one minute past seven. And thank you to Ntati John, who was um, broadcasting all the way from my, um, no, one of my favorite cities in the world, um, New York. And he'll be back um, on, on air on Monday evening. Um, welcome to Sidebar Cindy with me, um, Cindy Fansale. And if you missed our previous shows, you can you can go and listen to them on FM Rewind at kayafm.co.za. You can listen live at kayafm.co.za. And if you're not in Gauteng, you can tune in on DSTV's audio bouquet on channel 861. Medical issues, sex and family, finance, parenting and emotional development. Sidebar with Cindy. Cindy. Every Monday to Thursday, 7 to 8 p.m. on Kaya FM 95.9. So on Kaya FM 95.9 this evening on Sidebar Cindy, we shall be chatting about um, living with a child with um, special needs or, or, or disability. And we're focusing on how this affects um, the parents' relationship or, you know, the, the relationship between the parents and the rest of the family. And um, the, one of the commonest um, child, child disabilities is Down syndrome. And um, many times, if it's an, if it's an older mom, and during the course of her pregnancy, during the antenatal care, there's certain tests that are done and it's easy to pick up if the, if the child um, is going to be born with Down syndrome or not, it's a, a genetic condition. And moms are sometimes given the option of terminating the pregnancy or choosing to keep it, but knowing that they're going to deliver a child that has a, a special need. Um, another common um, um, disability in children is cerebral palsy. And this is when um, during the delivery process, um, the child, the baby is de- deprived of oxygen. And depending on how long that deprivation is, the child is born with some or other neurological fallout. So some kids can't walk, some kids can't speak um, clearly, and it just depends on how severe the brain damage is. And fetal alcohol syndrome is something that's quite common, especially in the Western Cape. Um, attention deficit disorder is something that then shows up later on um, in, in the child's life. And all of these conditions, these are just a few of them that I've mentioned, can have an impact on the parents, on the family, and especially on the relationship um, between, the, between the parents because there's emotional issues to address, there's anger, there's blame, and there's often always re- also rejection, which is sad because, um, you know, you, the one parent is then left to fend for, for themselves with the child with special needs. So this evening we'll be talking about that. And I'm joined in studio by um, Violet Lidwaba, who's live, who has a, a, a little girl, a three-year-old, Utineo, who has Down syndrome. So U Violet will be telling us her story. And we'll also be chatting to a social worker, um, private social worker, Utsepiso Matlala, who'll be joining us telephonically. And we'll be speaking about what it's like to have a child um, with a disability and its impact on relationships, a family, and the community as well. So thank you very much, Violet. Thank you so much for being here. I know that we've spoken before and you've, you know, you had said to me that you want to share your story and you also want to help other people who might find themselves in that situation. Thank you very much for welcoming me. So, Violet, um, how, how old were you when um, Udineo was, was, was con- when you were pregnant with Udineo, how old were you? I was um, 39. Okay. And then when I gave birth, I was 40. Okay. So, mm-hmm. so when you were when you're seeing your, your, your obstetrician gynecologist, had they mentioned that your age was a risk factor for, for Down syndrome? 
I, I I knew that I was at risk of getting of giving birth to a child at that age, but um, I, I always believed that I will get a normal child. <laughs> and so during your your antenatal visits, during your consultations, when was it then discovered that the baby that you're carrying um, uh, might have Down syndrome? Well, I was five months when the doctor told me. Okay, and, and what tests had been done? I can't remember exactly. Was it a sonar? Was it a blood test? No, what? no, it was a blood test. Mm-hmm. Mm. Then they, they did a blood test after two weeks. They called me for the results. Then I went with the dad. Fortunately, the dad was still there. Um, when we got there, the doctor advised us to do to terminate at five months. Mm. It was my risk, my child's risk, you know. Yeah, they explain, yeah, they yes, explain everything that, yes. could, that you know. But um, I didn't take it as a risk to me to do abortion. I just said no, because I wanted my child. Mm. Mm. And Baba Katino, what did he say? He said he doesn't want abortion. Mm. Mm. He was there, like, for some, for some time in my pregnancy. Sometimes he was not there, so... But when we we went to the doctor for the test, he was there. Then he mm. said, no, no abortion. Keep the baby. Yes. And so then, did you then go home and tell your family that, okay, listen, guys, I'll be delivering a baby and this is how the baby's going to be. Or most Jeluguti will see when the baby comes out what it's going to be like. I never told anyone. It was only me and him that knows that we're going to have a child with Down syndrome. Um, my family knew after birth. But um, still, I didn't tell them that my daughter has Down syndrome. I think a little bit I was in denial, thinking she will come out being, when she grows up, she will change. <laughs> That's understandable, Violet. Yes. I mean, there's a hope. You're a mommy. Yes. And there's a hope that, okay, things could still change. Yes. Then they just pick it up. When she started getting sick, she was having a ch- chest problem, mm. distended stomach. I was in and out hospital. Then... They started to know that, um, I, I told them that my daughter is Down syndrome. But my family, especially my mom, she didn't understand what is Down syndrome. Mm. She thought I was bewitched. <laughs> so Naya Gupi, did she take you anywhere? No, 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 okay. no, 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 no. She wanted to take me somewhere, but I said, no, I refused. Um, when my daughter was like, every time sick, I'll rush to the hospital. Mediclinic in Polokwane, they knew me like left and right, center. I was there every day of my life. And Baba Wengani, where was he by this stage? Um, he was in Captain Park, but every time when we were at the hospital, he would come running. He was there, like, I don't know what changed him. Out of nowhere, he just changed. <laughs> and so after the baby was born, and, you know, his, obviously his family met the baby as well. Yes. And... You had to explain to them that we have this little baby and she's 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 living with Down syndrome. Um, how was their response? Even his mom thought I was bewitched. Mm. And there was a time whereby I had to leave my daughter with his mom because of I didn't have a proper place to stay. So the mom said I must leave my daughter with her and go to look for a place to stay. And when I got the place, I'll come and fetch my child. I think she was taking her to. Uh, which, uh, what do you call it? Um, the doc, this mm. yeah, the, 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 the traditional the healers. healers. Yes. Um, they will come and tell me there's something wrong with this child. What I'd like, no, my child is fine. 
there's nothing wrong with this. She's just Down syndrome. That's it. Mm. It's something that comes from God and there's nothing we can do about it. Okay, so we have with Tepiso Matlala on the line and she's a private social worker. Tepiso, thank you so much for joining us and welcome to Sidebar, Cindy. Good evening. Thank you for having me. Um, we'll be taking other calls. 0860000959. You can also SMS us on 36959. The hashtag on social media is Sidebar Cindy KFM Talk. So it's a piece of, um, you know, having a child with a, with a disability um, is quite a challenge for, for, for most parents and also for the families. And in your line of work, um, what have you experienced? How do, how do families respond to such a situation? Well, mostly with families, they, they, they react mostly with what has been said. You know, it's, they do wish, because remember, most of the time we always say a child is a blessing, a child is a blessing. And most people, the connotation of a blessing is perfection. Mm. You know, in our mind, the baby has to be a certain way because they are a blessing, they are a gift from God or whatever. And when it gets to that stage of your child has Down syndrome or the mother has been drinking, you know, and the child comes up with us, then it's somehow because of we don't know how to deal with the situation, we then become comfortable with blaming the outside. So either the child is wished, we are cursed, we are, you know, and then most of the time what I find with, uh, with fathers, they blame themselves. You know, mm. they, all, they always blame us and say, oh, what, what is wrong with me? What is wrong? Especially when it's a genetic disability, mm. you know, then they'll start asking themselves, has it been in my bloodline? Or sometimes if they don't understand. They'll then say, if I knew I wouldn't have dated her, if I knew I wouldn't have married her, because when they don't understand, they then also sometimes blame the partner, because if I didn't sleep with this person, then therefore I would have had a perfect child. So it's about the education that we need to do, especially on genetic disabilities. And in terms of explaining genetic um, disabilities, um, say for example, Nisi Zulu or Nisi Tswana, how, how, oh. you know, how do you do that? How, how challenging is that? It's very challenging, especially now when you have to talk about your Y chromosomes, your S chromosomes, you know, mm. it's, it's very challenging. But we do sit down and we, we, you know, we try to have like your charts just to explain. We'll say this is the English word of it, but we do explain to come to the point of saying, how do you understand it? So it always goes back to what we have our clients say. I've explained this to you. How do you then understand it? Then they'll slowly come and say, okay, I extend it in this way. However, we always deal with the emotions because the denial will always be there. The anger will always be there. So once we tap into the anger, that's when now we see that they actually come back and become a bit supportive. Sometimes they don't become supportive at all. But most of the time, once they understand their own anger and their own stereotypes, remember sometimes we also have our own stereotypes as yeah. well as we've grown up, you know? And once they deal with their stereotypes, then they are more likely to be supportive. And I can imagine it's, I mean, it can be very overwhelming when you, when you first find out that your child has special needs, just the, the thought yeah. of the future. Cause I think, you know, many of us who have children, you, you, you know, you have this image of this perfect child that's going to grow up and, and, and live a perfect life. And here you are in the situation and your first thought is what's going to happen to my child, you know, when I'm gone. So if, say for example, you're imagining, you know, who'd bring the child up in your absence if, if you're to pass yeah. away. So yes, there's some of the concerns. Yes, and sometimes, with, especially our male clients as well, remember that sometimes with, 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 with adults or with males, there's certain pride that they have to a certain gender of a child. So if I have a boy, there's a certain pride sometimes that men have because this is the child who's supposed to carry, carry the family my surname, mm. you know? And then when with Down syndrome, sometimes when we sit and explain to say, your child will always maybe have, they say, the 
base capacity of a three-year-old, no matter how old they are, mm. you know? So then, the, you know, it goes back to, okay, does that mean Igor Gondor, how can he be a man? Because he's a, he has a brain of a three-year-old, you know? So sometimes it's those things of saying, let's, let's work with those stereotypes and the fears they have, because now, especially if the first child has a genetic disorder, do I then want to have more kids? You know, so things that also sometimes also threatens them to say, can I have more kids, mm. even with the same partner, or do I then leave this partner and go try... You don't have a you don't have a child with someone else because they're blaming the other partner. And I mean, in Violet's case, I mean, she was offered the um, the a termination of pregnancy, which is something that um, you know doctors do do offer. That if you mm-hmm. if you know in time that you're going to deliver a baby with um, with the disability, you do have the option mm-hmm. of termination regardless of the gestation. And she t- she turned it down. Have you ever come across um, a, a parent that that regrets um, having carried the child to term? and wishes they had actually terminated the pregnancy? In their anger, yes, they regret. But once you have the re-education and once you link them with the support, you know, I think that's what I'm saying. Once we we, we deal with the fear Mm. and we get the support that we need, it makes it easier. You know, once you're able to deal with the situation, most of the time we become frustrated when we don't know how to deal with the situation. But when we know how to deal, it becomes easier. And then you'll find clients saying, you know, I don't regret this. This mm. was my journey. You know, then they, they want to become empowerment. You know, they mm. then want to go and spread the word out there. You know, so <laughs> our journeys are different. So and the, and most this of the is, time they accept it. Yeah, and this is exactly why um, Violet is here because she yeah. had she had reached out to me and she had said that, Dr. Cindy, I want to make a difference. I want to help people who are in this situation and let them know that, yes, it's difficult, it's challenging, but it's not the end of the world. Yes, especially in our black communities, we, we do need that that awareness and that education. Mm, okay, so we'll be, we'll be back with you, um, Tepiso and Saipart, Cindy. But coming back to you, Violet, um, so in your family, um, was there ever, has there ever been talk of, you know, this is a curse from God or there's something that we haven't done to, to you know, we've, we've upset the ancestors? What, did anyone ever say anything like that to you? No, they just, my mom just said to me, I'm bewitched. I need to go and look for help. But I never listened to her. I never went to look for help, help way, you know, because when my daughter is like get sick, when she really gets sick, I, I'll rush to hospital. There's no hospital that do, don't know me. They know me all. Arvape, Polokwane, Meditlinik, Centurion, Meditlinik. I've been there mm-hmm. two years full until I did the tensiloxomy on her. Oh, so she took the, uh, the took out the tonsils. Yes, okay, so that yes. was what was making her go to hospital again and again. I think, and the flame on her chest. Mm. Mm. But fortunately, thank God, this year I don't experience anything from her. She goes to school, coming back normal without any sickness. And sometimes, um, Violet, um, if you've just tuned in, you're listing to Sidebar Cindy on KFM 95.9. Abantubano blemungulungulu. Yes. For, for something like this yes and has that ever crossed your mind or your heart yes it did um sometimes when it's like too much because it can be too much like yo she's hyperactive she's like too much sometimes mm. i would like oh god why why me <laughs> but um sometimes i'll feel guilty after saying that because she's my daughter god chose me to give me this, that child so I feel like, why am I saying these things? Let me just love my daughter and look after her. And you have another child. You have a. I've a, got two boys. Okay. Yes. Okay. And um, how have they been helping? Yo, they're so much in love with their sister. They love their sister, especially the eldest one. 
he understand everything about Down syndrome. He was the one who was taking me through Down syndrome thing. I didn't know anything about Down syndrome. He was the one that explained to me exactly what is Down syndrome. Mm-hmm. He went and do research and everything and come back and told me, Mommy, this is one, two, three, but Dinawa can be fine if you take her to the specialist and, 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 and. So I took her to the specialist um, while my medical aid was having funds. Mm-hmm. So my medical aid got exhausted. Then I stopped because... I had no money to take it. And it's quite expensive. It's very yeah. expensive. Mm. And did you ever consider taking it to a government facility, a public health se- um, sector facility? Mm, I was on a certain radio some while ago, I think three weeks ago, and uh, someone in Johannesburg Hospital, CEO of Johannesburg Hospital, mm. was listening. <clears throat> I'm sorry. And um, she called me to say to offer me help. Okay. So I'm getting all the help in Jobek Jen, though I've got a very nice physiotherapist, Pella. Pella, I understand she cannot do everything for me for free because she's at work. Mm, yeah. yeah, but yo, she's my pillar of strength. And um, your your friends, I mean, obviously you had you were pregnant, you <coughs> delivered, and then you had the baby. Um, you know what? To be honest, when I was pregnant, I discarded all my friends. How violence? Because I don't. You know. were dealing with a lot. Yes, I, I was like heavy. I was dealing with a so lot. So there was no baby shower for my daughter. No. Okay. I was dealing with a lot, starting from work. I was stressed from work. Personally, I was stressed. So ish, I had a lot. So I didn't want anyone around me. And after baby was born, after baby was born, still I carried the road alone, and I'm. Like, I'm still alone. I'm enjoying being with my daughter. She's my friend now. And do you ever feel as if your attention, Yako, as a mom, is now focused on Udineo and your, your, you know, your boys are, are struggling? Or Yes, it's true. I feel like I'm more to Dineo than my other kids. But at least sometimes they could, like, remember me and call me. That's when I will connect with them. Because the, uh, the first one is in Unibo. He's far. And the second one is in Limpopo with my mom. So, yeah, when I call them, when they call me, we connect there. Kaya FM 95.9, home of the Afropolitan. Welcome back to Sidebar Cindy. And I'm in studio with Violet Litwaba. We also have Sepiso Matlala, a private social worker um, online. And we're talking about being a parent of a child with um, special needs. So we'll be taking some calls on 86 We have Rafilwe online and she's calling us from Johannesburg. Rafilwe, welcome to Sidebar Cindy. Hi, how are you? Fine, thank you, ma'am. I'm good, thank you. Um, I have a child also uh, who's living with a disability. Uh, she's seven now. Um, I gave birth to her when I was 31. And um, I like to encourage other parents um, that they must just take this as an experience and take it um, with small steps and then, you know, um, this is a journey which is difficult, but they need to accept as well the mm. situation. Yes. And if you um, yeah. Well, I'm talking um, about um, this because um, me and my partner, we are both, uh, this has gotten us to be more closer than ever mm. because of the situation. 
So um, I'm saying all all the fellow um, people who are raising um, all people with um, who are raising children with disability that they might just stay strong and yes. And financially, how has that impacted on your finances? So, uh, it has impacted a lot because uh, the fees at school are really, really costly and uh, she also takes a special diet as well. So that has, uh, it's, it's, it's quite difficult. Okay, so she, your, your child's in a special school? Yes, she is in a special school. She's in an autistic school. Okay. She doesn't have speech. And, and just one last question for me. How were you able to explain autism to um, the rest of your family? It's a very complex well, um, condition. So how were you able to explain it to them? Well, autism with my child, it's quite different because it's different. Uh, it's different spectrum for each different child. Yes. And each child. So um, it's quite difficult to explain to somebody who doesn't even know. But then I would explain it like it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a pity uh, where they got it from birth. And then, yeah... You know, it's difficult to explain uh, autism to people mm. who do not know autism. Okay, but thank you so much for sharing that, Rafid, and all the best with with um, you and your partner and your child. Okay, thank you so much. We have Lesejo online. Lesejo, um, welcome to the show. Hello. Hi, Lesejo, welcome to the show. Thank you so much. Um, I just I just want to say something about Violet, just quickly. Yes. I met Violet through our speech therapist, and ever since she has been so helpful whatever help that she gets she she like she contacts me every time and i'm glad to have found somebody like that in my life thank you violet <laughs> and <laughs> okay my quick story I, um to parents out there when i was pregnant i did three tests like two three d scans and blood tests i think they took about five and mm-hmm. all of them they were negative and then baby was born? Baby was born and because my, my sister is a doctor. She could see, but she didn't tell me. Oh, no. Day, yeah. The second day, my pediatrician noticed and she called me and she said, I was still in hospital. And she said, look, I suspect this. Do you want to take the blood test or do you still want to stick to the blood test that they said the baby, like it's negative? And mm. I said, you know what? Let me rather do the blood test and know what I'm dealing with so that I know what I'm dealing with. Yes. Only to find out that the baby was Down syndrome, had Down syndrome. Wow. And how old were you when baby was, was, was conceived? I was 30, 33. Sure. And yeah, how, I was 33. And how did that make you feel? I mean, that must have been a huge shock to you. I mean, I have, I have two girls. This is my first son. And I cried. I, I I cried. I couldn't accept it until after I went for counseling, for genetic counseling. Then gradually I started accepting that. Look, this is my son, and I need to to, to do the to do the most to help him through. Mm. If I cry, I mean, you know what? It's not going to help. I have him. He's here, and that's that. And that's that. Yeah. And, and the father of the child, how is he coping? At first, because the father gave him his name. Mm-hmm. So you must understand it's difficult. This is his first son and everything. Mm-hmm. So he didn't really accept it. And now? He, oh, 
he went for consultation, you know, to African doctors and stuff. And I was also told that I'm bewitched at at end. But I was like, no, this is genetic. I mean, African magic can't be that powerful. <laughs> but now, <laughs> now he he's supportive. He he loves him. We we go to therapy together. We do everything. Okay. Well, at least there's a happy ending there, Lesejo. Yes. Yes. Thank you so much for calling. Thank you so much for sharing that with us. Thank you so much. Thank you. Well, if you've just tuned in, you're listening to Sidebar Cindy on KFM 95.9. And we're still talking about, um, you know, parenting a child with special needs and the impact it has on the family and on, on, on the parents. Um, we'll be taking a call from um, Klina calling us from, okay, Klina's online. Um, hi, Klina, welcome to the show. Hi, Doc, how are you? Good, thank you. I'm all right, thank you. I'm actually listening to this. Uh, sad and touching story. Mm. But you know, my I, I actually do not have a comment. I'm just trying to find out because I think lack of knowledge sometimes is part of the problem. Okay. What is Down syndrome? Because I heard the lady talking about the child being taken to traditional healers. Because that's normally what will come to mind if these things are happening. Because people are not aware what exists out there. Mm. So, yes. so, no, I just wanted to know what is it? At least it helps some of us. Okay, so Down syndrome okay. is a genetic condition where um, there's something missing from from the DNA of 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 the baby. So the baby comes out with features that are not like everyone else's because of that one specific thing that's missing from the baby's DNA. And oh, okay. yes, so, so the baby comes with a flat face. They've got um, eyes that look very Asian. They may have delayed milestones. They, they have delayed development, but they've, it's a very specific thing. When you see it, you know exactly, you know exactly that, that oh, that's a, a, a child with, with Down syndrome. And, um, and you're right about education because as you can imagine, if something like this has never happened in your family and you deliver a child like this, your initial thought is going to be, okay, there has been something, you know, we have been bewitched or we must take this child to a traditional healer and so on. It's understandable why people go through all of those motions. But Down syndrome is a genetic condition um, to do the DNA of the child. Oh, okay. Then, the question, then my question would be, mm. uh, does it happen on people who get, you see, I know there's always this thing that uh, for ladies after 35, at least yes. you are at the risk. Yes, so that's exactly. You can have a baby, but you're at the risk, but majority might not. Exactly. So, so when, so, so, say for example, I mean, I'm 43 years old, and I'm trying to have an, another baby. Part of the counselling will be, Cindy, you're 43. You do know that the older you 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 grow, the higher the risk is of delivering a baby with Down syndrome. So that's part of the counselling that happens um, after a certain age. And then, obviously, if if they do tests during the pregnancy, they'll do a sonar, they'll do some blood tests, and if it comes out that the baby I'm carrying has Down syndrome, I'm then given the option of aborting the baby. So, oh, Violet had that option, um, and she chose yeah, not no, to put the baby. Yes. Yeah. So that is okay. that is definitely part of the genetic counseling that we do after a certain age of 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 of, of pregnancy. Okay, now thank you very much for the education, but I'm still listening. It's a very touching story. Thank you so much for listening. I wish she, I mean, she becomes strong, but she's been strong up to so far. So yeah, she's doing very well. Thank you so much. Okay, thanks. Uh, bye bye. And then we have um, Ranzu calling us from Johannesburg. Ranzu, good evening. Hi, how are you? Good, thank you. Thanks for calling. I'm doing good, thank you. Okay, I am listening to the radio and I kind of relate to the story. But um, I'm not, I am a parent 
Yes. But the story that I'm relating to is for my little brother. Okay. So you were you were a sibling to a child with special needs. I can say a sibling, you know, with with us in Africa, Umtanagamamran is your brother. Yes. So uh, in English it's cousins, right? So we are cousins. Mm. So I remember, you know, um, I can say that he had um, a, a kind of similar story. But with him, my aunt died giving birth to him. Okay. So the same day, my aunt gave birth to him at 12 p.m. Then my aunt died at 12 p.m. So there was a six-hour difference between uh, them. So um, I remember he grew up fine. He was fine. We didn't pick up anything wrong. Until the age of six, where he had a stroke. And then um, from now on, like now and as he's leaving, He's left hand side, the left the left hand side of the brain, uh, does not have veins, there's no blood, there's nothing at all. Mm. He is a slow learner, I can say that. But all I wanted to say, I've seen the grace of God. Because mm. at the age of two his father passed on and he was supposed um my, my my grandmother took care of him. So I became a parent without having a child by parenting him. And believe me, um I think it's it's a nice experience to give somebody an opportunity to yeah, I live and experience believing that we having also, and today I'm a mother of a one year four month old kid. Already, I was prepared by him, mm. and I was prepared to get anything because I remember that when I was pregnant, I said, "Mama, when you're pregnant, you don't know what you're carrying mm. until that person comes to the world." Mm. And then when that person comes to the world, you're still not you're still not sure what you're parenting because anything can happen. Anything can, can happen. imagine that my brother got. We only realized when he was six years old. But I've seen the grace of God because each and every time when we went to Barra, I remember that uh, there was a scan that hated. And each and every time when we went to Barra, doctors will call each other and say that this is impossible. This child is leaving. It's impossible for somebody like this to be leaving. It is impossible. But I've seen the grace of God. So to all the parents that are having kids like, like my brother, I mean, like, there's nothing impossible with God. Just give that child an opportunity. And God knows why. They trusting you with them. Mm. And today I'm also a proud mother to say that even if I were to get my second child and anything can happen, I am ready for anything because I know that God will never give you what you cannot able to handle yourself. Mm. So to all those parents, big up there. Thank you so much, Nancy. Thank you for sharing that. And also your your kindness towards, um, you know, this this child is, is commendable. Thank you so much for that. You're welcome. Thank you. So another call before we go back to our private social worker, Utse Piso. We have Mitchell um, on the line. Good evening and welcome to Sidebar, Cindy. Hi, Cindy. How are you? Fine, thank you. Good. Hi, bye. Hi, how are you? I'm all right, seeing you. I'm good, thank you. I work with Violet and I've known her for so many years and I truly believe that um, God sent this child to her because these parents are our angels on earth. They placed in their care to look after these special children. And Violet, I know, has moved mountains for Danao. She loves her unaboundedly. Um, and as much as she takes care of her with her speech therapy, occupational therapy, the emotional toll that it takes on Violet, um, I commend her for coming on your show and being able to speak so openly about this because there's no shame in what she's been given. Mm. And she's creating a platform for so many parents out there to come together 
and stand together and support each other because not only do the children need the support, but so do the parents. So Violet, I love you and I'm so proud of what you're doing for your little angel. I love you too, my friend. Thank you. Thank you so much, Michelle. Thank you for those comments. You're welcome, Cindy, and thank you for the show. Thank you. So if you've just tuned in, you're listening to Sidebar Cindy and we're discussing... um, um, you know, parenting a child with special needs. I have Uvalet Lutwaba um, in studio and she has a little girl, Utineo, a three-year-old girl who um, was born with Down syndrome. And during the pregnancy, Violet had the option of terminating the pregnancy, which is something that's offered to, to a mom when we discover that her baby um, is going to have um, a, a, a disability. And Violet chose to keep the baby. And you know, she loves her daughter and there are challenges and she's here to discuss those challenges with us. That call from Michelle, Violet, was very special. It's very touching. I almost cried. <laughs> and and the, 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 the school, the creche that um, Utinewa goes to, um, you know, we were speaking off and you're telling me that, you know, you looked for creches, you looked for creches and most of them didn't want to take her um, as, as, a, as a, you know, in, in to their creche. Mm. Um, I had challenge when I was looking for a, a crutch for her. They were telling me she's not potty trained, who's going to take her to the toilet and everything. Then I went to Smiley Kids Glenmarie's. That's the only crutch that um, took Dineo in. And they're very good with Dineo. I'm mm. so lucky and happy to have them because they understand Dineo. It's like... They know everything about Down syndrome. Mm. Do you know what she's progressing every day? Like every time she will come with a new, new weed. Like I'm learning a lot, you know. She'll come with a new weight. I was worried that she will never talk. She'll mm. never do anything. But since she goes to that crash, oh my God, it's amazing. Well, that's that's very that's very special of them. Tepiso. Um, she's a private social worker and she's also um, 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 on the show with us, but she's joining us telephonically. Tepiso, so the the challenge that Uvalet went through trying to find um, a creche for her child. Um, I mean, special special schools and special needs creches are available, but they're not af- always affordable for parents. Um, how do we counsel um, people that run creches to be more accepting of children with, with special needs? Yes, it, it is, especially the, yes, the cost of care is quite high. And what I've come across is that most, most of our parents don't even have much trust in our government facilities because actually with most of the schools where we find that the cost of care is reasonable, then become our government facilities, you know. But I think what as much as when we train for early childhood development, we also need that part where we need to enhance now our special needs. Because at the end of the day is that our children have to function in a, in, in, in a society, you know? Yes. And going back to what Violet is saying, saying, she's learning a new word. With what I found, especially with Down syndrome children, they have your strong points, you know? So they might not be able to read and write, but they memorize quite well, you know? I know there was one client where he, at the age of 19, ended up actually going for an oral driving test instead mm. of writing. Okay, and now you he's know? able to drive. Well, the more, yeah, he's able to drive, but he can't read and write. But he remembers, he knows pictures. So when they showed him this picture, he said, no, this is a, I have to stop, I have to do this, I have to do that. So it's also about when we isolate our children as well, because we have the 
difficulty to access care, mm. we sometimes also delay the development, and which is, I think, what we need to also, when you go to our care facilities, that they need to also understand to say, let's open up that dialogue. Let's have the training because we do need our ECD and, you know, our middle school and our tertiaries and all of that to be trained. Yes. It, it is difficult, yes, but they need to be trained. And I think also open the dialogue to saying where the private facilities are, let's have that open you know, let's have that dialogue. Yeah, yeah, because I mean, gone are the days. Admit some of our children yeah. because there is that need and they also need to function in society, you yeah. know. So I think the more we talk about it and not make it an elephant in the room the and also going back to our restaurants, especially with our children with, with cerebral palsy. Yes. I've, I myself have hardly, hardly ever seen them in our restaurants, you know, because there's not that access. And most of the time what I've noticed is that even us as a community, when we look at our parents, we mostly don't look at them with that thing of support, but a thing of feeling sorry. And, yeah, and you know, pity, sometimes mm. the difference between being supportive and being pitiful. And most of the time, our parents don't want pity. Yeah. They just want you to be supportive and say, you know what, we understand. And even with our play areas, let them also be special need friendly. Yeah. No, well, thank you for those pointers because I hadn't even thought about that. And we're talking about parenting a child with special needs and the impact it has on the relationship of the parents and also on the relationship of, of the family. And I have Uvalet Lidwaba in the studio. She has a child um, that's living with Down syndrome and she's been sharing her story, um, uh, you know, of the journey that she's walked um, with her little girl. And Violet, you were just saying that um, parents shouldn't be ashamed of their children with special needs. Yes, um, I've noticed that um, we've got a lot of um, special school with uh, disabilities kids. Uh, you will see them a lot at school, but at the malls, you'll never see them. Sometimes I'll walk with Dino in the mall and then I will think, oh my God, is it Dino who's like Down syndrome alone? I'll never meet anyone with a child of Down syndrome at the mall. But when you go to school, you find a lot of them in the school. So I'm asking myself, where are those kids? Are the parents hiding the kids or what? Mm. Mm. And I mean, you know, in the past, people used to hide their children with disabilities. It's one mm. of those things that you don't want to talk about, you don't want to see. And I'm glad that things are changing. We have Perla online. Perla's calling us from Johannesburg. <laughs> Good evening, Perla. Hi there. How are you? Good, thank you. Good. So I'm actually Dineo's physiotherapist. And Violet is just the most phenomenal mother. She just has done absolutely everything she can for Dinero. And she's an absolute pleasure to work with. We don't often get parents that are so invested in their child's recovery. And it's really been a pleasure to help her with Dinero. And I'm just so proud of her. She's really come such a long way. And all she wants to do is just help other people and help um, Dinero. So I think she can be, she has a lot to be proud of. And so, and thanks, thanks, thank you so much for your call, Perla. In terms of the needs um, of of a child with Down syndrome, um, what 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 do you do with Dino? I mean, I know she's she was in and out of hospital, especially to do with her chest and phlegm and so on. Um, just, yes. just just tell us a bit about that for people that may not know, um, you know, the complications that come with being born with Down syndrome. So there's quite a few complications. Um, the ones that I work with, I'm a neurodevelopmental therapist, so I work with her gross motor function, so that's like her ability to walk and her ability to climb, to jump, to walk upstairs, that kind of stuff. Um, so when Dino first came to me, you know, she she was walking with her legs quite wide apart, which is a, a, a sign of Down syndrome, so we've mm. been working a lot on getting her legs 
in and getting her bum to work a little bit harder. Um, and yeah, we basically make it a lot of fun for Dina. She doesn't really realize that she's doing the exercises, um, but she does shout at me quite a lot because she doesn't <laughs> love doing them. <laughs> but uh, yeah, the idea is to just get her as functional as possible and to help uh, Violet to do as much of the exercise as she can at home. Oh, so there is homework and Violet must do certain there's things definitely at home homework. as well. Okay. Definitely. And I know that you're a private physiotherapist. Um, yes. Um, are these services um, easily available in the public sector? Sure. Um, not to the same extent. I think Violet would probably be seen maybe once a month as opposed to once a week. Um, and it obviously depends on the, on the facility. Obviously, I think they do the best with the resources that they have, but they have a lot of people that they need to service. And cost-wise, does medical aid cover, cover everything um, that you know, in terms of 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 your of your charges. So we've been having, yeah. Generally, they do, but we're having a bit of a problem with Dino's medical aid at the moment. We're trying to we're trying to motivate as much as we can to get the therapy through the medical aid. Okay, so a session. So, out of pocket, how much would a session be? Um, a medical aid rate session is five hundred and sixty-one rand fifty. Okay, so that's quite steep for you know, for mm. for, for example, a single parent or. Or a parent that's ha- yeah, that's that's having Definitely. to do everything on their own. Definitely, and, but and it is you know it is medical aid rates. So okay. it is what you know medical aid generally would pay for it. Okay, and the the long term physiotherapy would be for how long? I mean, are you doing this until the child is five years old, six years old? What what's the what's what's so the? It really depends on Dino and how much she improves. Um, I think we would do physio until she reaches a point where she's not improving anymore or where she's reached a goal that Violet's set or she has set into place. Um, there isn't really a time frame we can put onto yeah. it, but uh, we can try. So it just depends. It really depends on what goals we want to reach for her and what we're working on at the time. Okay. Well, thank uh, you so much for those yeah. insights, Perla. Thank you very much. And thank you for the work that you're doing with Danielle. Such a pleasure. She's really phenomenal and so is her mom. Thank you so much. Well, okay. if you've just joined us... Thank you. It's, uh, you're listening to Kai FM 95.9 and um, it's side about Cindy with me, Cindy Fansale. And we're talking about children with special needs and the impact it has on family relationships and also the parents' relationships. Just coming back to our private social worker, Utsipiso, before we let her go. Utsipiso, um, the impact that um, having a child with special needs has on the parents we've discussed, what about the family, especially the siblings? Well, what, what I've picked up most of the time um, with siblings, well, let me start with younger siblings. With younger siblings, they go with what they mostly I feel like presented in the family, you know. Mm. And most of the time, our kids will only pick up, they look different. But they have, they then develop their way of playing. They develop their way of communicating. Mm. And... When they get to a level where they understand, I think then it becomes important for us to then explain, you know, this is what's happening. Because when our kids are playing outside and friends come along who don't know what's happening, then our younger siblings are then able to advocate. They know this is what's happening. You know, then somehow also education plays part. So I think the kids, just because they're small, it doesn't mean we can't speak at their level so that they're also able to advocate. Older siblings, most of the time when they find out, they then also become that supportive role. You know, they mostly are the ones who go and find out extra information. What is it that we can do? They become more of the supporter or more of the 
partner if the mother is single, you know? Mm. So it depends. The, the roles are different depending if the child is younger, is it the younger sibling or is the older sibling. But always children find a way to communicate and find a way to play with each other until somewhere an adult makes it a bit of a taboo or makes it different. So some of, most of the time we find that kids even have nicknames. You know, they come up with finance because some of the time you'll find the child has to go play and then they'll say, oh, what, what commonly I found was Mongol, which oh, was a yeah, word that, 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 you know, I, it, I think yeah, we all, know. yeah, we oh, all we have a Mongol, you know? Yeah. Mm, yeah. Yes, we have a Mongol and, you know, kids don't even know what Mongol is, but then yeah. once they start growing up learning, you know, so it also goes with us as adults, how we then speak to our kids, how we then make them see the differences because sometimes they just see that the child look different but when they're able to communicate and play with them most of the time it doesn't matter yeah and i mean just just to to just explain something that the term that um Utipiso refers to the reason why that term came about is because of the 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 features of the eyes of of of, of yeah. people that that, that um, have down syndrome they have um asian asian eyes and that's because the epicanthic fold of the eye is not like everyone else's and so as a glance they have mongoloid features and that's where that term came from oh. but you know we don't yeah. use that term anymore it's politically incorrect sometimes that's, even maybe the 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 faces can also be very flat and and that is how that is where um that 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 term came from um violet have you ever have you had to deal with with people you know using such terms with utineo no not okay. at all okay um wherever i go Yo, they embrace my daughter. She's very cute. <laughs> I've I've met her. She is very cute. If if you don't know what you don't know Down syndrome, you can never tell that she's Down syndrome. Mm. Mm. Okay, so before we let you go, um, Violet, thank you so much for being here. Um, you know, what do you want to say to the parents out there? Um, I want to say, you know what? Every child is special. Every child uh, is a gift from God, whether normal or not. We must just love our kids. I've got a friend who's got um, twins. And um, one twin is Downs. One is like not. Mm. And you should see how how good she is with her kids. She is like lovely. She met me at the mall with Dineo. Now we are family with her. She's so sweet. She's Thank you, Kolo. She is so sweet. That is special. Yes. No, but thank you so much for being on the show. And I look forward to having you um, back again. I think um, it'll be nice to know how Dineo is progressing yes. with the physiotherapy and, and, and Perla. Yes. And I have a quote to read. It says, sometimes real superheroes live in the hearts of small children fighting big battles. And this really goes out to um, all the kids that you are raising who are living with special needs. Um, it, it's, it's something that's very close to my heart. Um, especially as a medical doctor, because we do see kids with special needs in our line of work. So I'm glad that you shared your stories. Thank you so much for sharing your stories. It's a pleasure. And um, I hope you find comfort from the show. Um, and I hope you find comfort from listening to other parents' stories mm -hmm. about their journeys with their yes. child's special needs. Sidebar with Cindy. Every Monday to Thursday, 7 to 8 p.m. on Kaya FM 95.9. Rewinding. Rewinding Kaya FM on FM Rewind. Visit kayafm.co.za for more.